Well, hello, hello, guys. You're listening to Beauty Bites with Dr. K, Secrets of a Plastic Surgeon. And today on the podcast, we are going to chat with an amazing woman, Clear Skin Doc on Instagram, Dr. Aaliyah Yacoub. And Aaliyah, did I say your name correctly? I want to make sure for all of our listeners. Yeah, really close. It's actually Aaliyah, but um, so happy to be here. So, Alia, you've been on Instagram for a while, and you and I have kind of just met and found each other on Instagram. When What inspired you to start your Instagram following? That is a really great question. So, I actually was very private for many, many years and had been on Instagram since probably, like, the month that it started. Um, but I started a company with a few other folks. I was the medical founder, and as part of that, we basically created the modern doctor's office powered by AI, and I created sort of a skincare consultation service as part of that concierge service because I realized that people don't know how to take care of their skin regardless of how educated they are, regardless of how fashionable or knowledgeable they are about other subjects. Skincare is very confusing, and the marketing claims in the beauty industry are very confusing. And so that's actually why I created my Instagram account was basically to educate people about beauty and skincare products and the chemistry of those and how they work with your skin, and then it sort of evolved and took on a whole new life from there. Yeah, that's amazing. There's not a lot of physicians right now that are in the digital health space, so I think that us getting involved in digital health and tech startups is such an important part of growing our industry. Um, So what are the different startups that you initially worked with? So uh, I was a traditional physician. I thought I wanted to spend my whole career working in academics, doing research, and seeing patients. That had been my goal forever. And being in Silicon Valley, um, training at Stanford, you kind of get exposed to the healthcare innovation landscape here. And so one day I was like, why don't I just figure out how to get involved here? I'm sure all these startups need physicians. We have subject matter expertise. We know how to take care of patients. We know um, what this, like, the sore points are in the system, and, you know, we can figure out how to solve them. And so I really didn't know where to start, um, but spoke to a mentor of mine, and she suggested that I just reach out cold to startups. And so I started doing that, and actually my first job was with a startup called Crossover Health, which runs uh, on-site health clinics at Facebook and Apple. And so I was an on-site doctor at Facebook for a few years, and then from there, I just you just start learning about what entrepreneurs are doing in the space, and uh, and you know you can do consulting, you can go off and work for a startup, um, and you can still maintain your clinical skills and and your clinical practice in the meantime too. So that was really attractive to me. So you're super busy. You're a mother of three kids, right? And That's have right. a husband who's in medicine, just uh, just like I do. I have four kids, and my husband's an interventional cardiologist. What does your husband do? Oh my gosh, you have four kids. You're a super mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have I have three. Um, and actually, my husband's not in medicine. Um, he is in venture capital, so he invests in early stage technology companies, and he's probably also one of the reasons why. I got involved in startups um, just hearing, you know, our dinner talk conversation in those early days when I was in residency and he was working were often about healthcare companies that were doing really interesting things and he was asking about my take on them and I was like, why am I not evaluating those companies and why am I not involved? And so 
so it's been uh, fun to kind of sit on both sides, be in medicine and also be in tech as well. And then how much of your day is medicine right now? Is it any, uh, like internal medicine, seeing patients on different campuses of this tech companies you work with? So I was um, about 50% clinical until about a year and a half ago. And then slowly it kind of became um, not feasible to do that anymore. Um, I just took on more leadership uh, roles and started leading bigger teams of physicians and nurses and PAs and whatnot. And so all of my time right now is actually more administrative um, on the executive level, but I still practice medicine kind of, I think at this point, I would just say like kind of pro bono. So like on weekends or on the occasional Friday here and here and there, I'll work at a free clinic or I will um, teach medical students at the medical school at Stanford Medical School. Um, so it's not as much as I would like, but right now, uh, you know, I'm so stimulated by, by all that's going on um, with the companies that I'm working with and their rapid growth that it's okay. I think eventually I'll probably get back into it a little bit more. I know you worked at the Facebook campus as a primary care physician. Can you tell me what that was like? That sounds so amazing. It was fun. So I was there in the early days before Facebook became this massive company. And so at that time, the Facebook Health Center was right next to Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg's office and right in the center of all the action on the Facebook campus. So it was really fun. And the patients were just incredible. So we saw a lot of engineers and executives and designers, and it, you really felt like you had a pulse on, you know, sort of like the tech world. Um, and so it was a great sort of intro for me. Um, but the patients were just really, really smart. I mean, you would have engineers who'd bring in graphs of things and just want, like, very in-depth explanations about the biophysiology. Um, <laughs> like, here's my it, blood it was, pressure charting for the week. And <laughs> no, it was like, here's my blood pressure. I check it five times a day. I've graphed it for you. Here are three different graphs. Now tell me why, you know, you feel like we should titrate my medication up because I feel like I have good control. So <laughs> and funny. sometimes it was hard it was it was hard to argue with them because, you know, they're just facts. Engineers. Fact. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. funny because my office is very close to Caltech, so just like we see all the characters from Big Bang Theory coming through and you can tell which are the Caltech kids, they're super smart and super analytical oh about gosh. their health and everything. <laughs> but um I love the fact that you decided to go into skincare because I agree with you. There's so many claims out there in the media and um, in advertising that are completely artificial and false and very overinflating what skincare products can do, in my opinion. Um, and I think that consumers don't really know that, you know, when these companies do a poll that 10 out of 20, you know, 10 out of 10 women saw improvement in wrinkles and fine lines. It does not mean very much scientifically. So right. it's, it's very refreshing to like really look scientifically at skincare. Um, and I think I think more people need to do that, right? Right now, I think the entire industry is sort of dominated and dictated by PR firms and placements and very strategically worded um, sort of promises and marketing claims. And I think it it saddens me because you have this audience of mostly women, I would say who are super excited and very hopeful that everything that's being said is really going to come true for them. And, you know, it's 
it's a little disheartening when someone spends hundreds of dollars on something only to realize, hey, that didn't really actually work for me. It is, and it's it's disheartening for me when I scroll my Instagram feed and see more and more influencers and, like, people that I follow because I think they're legitimately interesting and they have a good perspective on life. But then every week they're hawking a different product, and it's like, how can I trust you when this is the product that's so amazing this week and next week it's a different product? And really, you know, I understand there's room to try many different products, but they really are selling their souls a little bit when they go and sign up to get free product and become an influencer. And I don't think that consumers are buying it anymore. Like, really, this is your 10-step nighttime routine, you know. Yeah, so, I think really what we're what we're seeing, at least um, in the innovation that's happening in Silicon Valley, is you're actually seeing skincare companies that are coming out that are rooted in science, that are started by clinicians and scientists, and that are very simple, that are offering, like, very simple solutions to take care of your skin in a very, you know, scientific way, not in some, you know, we put some ether into this formula and there's, you know, a drop of water from this very rare mineral spring in Denmark. I mean, it's a great story, but it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't work and it doesn't out. translate. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people who are in med school or starting to, you know, think about what they want to go into in life? What can, what can they do to start building a brand for themselves? Yeah, I have tons of tips. Um, so I guess I would say the first thing is, unfortunately, the medical training process makes you very um, – sort of limited in the scope of your thinking and you really are sort of thinking that, hey, I have to choose my specialty and then I sort of have to decide, am I choosing between academics or private practice? And really what I've come to realize is for physicians and for people with a medical background, there are so many more opportunities and in the next five to ten years, we're going to see opportunities that have never existed before take form and take shape and, you know, there'll be new titles and new roles and new ways of practicing medicine um, that aren't currently available. And so I think one thing is to be open-minded and to really follow your passion. So in terms of specialty, really don't follow necessarily the dollars, the money, the lifestyle necessarily. Once you get through your training, if that's the subject matter, the type of patient, the type of, um, you know, sort of range of illnesses that you're interested in, sort of focus on that. And then from there, I have lots of friends who are in various specialties who've started very interesting companies. Um, I have a friend who uh, was a neurosurgeon, actually, practiced, and then after that started a company that really helps um, sort of triage stroke patients to, you know, make the, you know, once they enter the hospital to uh, sort of notify the right interventionalist and then decrease the time um, that they need to spend waiting and mm-hmm. allow them to have their intervention much sooner. So there's a lot of physicians doing really interesting things, both starting their own companies, but also working in the innovation arm of large companies like Johnson & Johnson or for um, insurance companies um, or or even working as consultants for small startups, large companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the opportunities really are there. They're not advertised anywhere, so I think that's the tough thing. It's like when you're a trainee, you don't know really what's out there, and there aren't a ton of people doing it, so you don't know how to access that information, and there isn't really like a website that tells you how to do it. 
but I kind of have to invent it. I I really think we are sort of reinventing and and you know growing this aspect of the industry ourselves because the interaction between medicine has this old school prototypical way things are done and tech has this really nouveau way and we do have to merge the two. And Definitely, yeah. One of the things I really liked about about your Instagram is um, just connecting with people as a woman and a leader. I think that there's so much gender bias still in surgery, for sure, in my specialty. I'm sure in internal medicine, and I'm sure in technology as well. So it's really important and refreshing for us to be able to like show young girls out there that this is the path they can take, and that there's so many openings for them to create. Uh, you know, kind of this new frontier. Definitely. And I think another thing that's really important along those lines is a lot of women feel like they can't truly be themselves in order to achieve what it is that they're hoping to achieve. Like, for instance, they feel like they can't really show their feminine side or wear makeup or dress up or wear high heels or style their hair or put on lipstick and feel like they're taken seriously and feel like they're appreciated for their intelligence and their brilliance and their um, you know, confidence and whatnot. And I think hopefully that is changing and that women out there in power positions and in leadership positions are showing, hey, no, like it's okay to be feminine. It's okay to be who you are and you don't have to be, you know, super yes. nerdy if that's not if that's not who you are, you know. you should For be, sure, you know, like me in my pink gloves. I wear my hot pink gloves. It doesn't, you know. I love I'm, it. I love I'm that. a surgeon, but I have to wear my pink gloves, red lipstick. Like, I have to be who I am. And, like, thank God going through the surgical profession and training didn't beat that out of me because there are very many steps along the way where your individualism can get beat down and you can just need to blend in to survive but you have to, like you, you're a woman, you're Muslim, you support other women who are being suppressed by men. I'm, like, so proud of you when I saw, you know, that campaign you started against, like, the domestic violence and, like, talking about things that are happening to women and not allowing bullying. And, and um, it's really important to not be dominated by the field you're in and still stay and retain your individualism. So kudos to you. That was very inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think I think it also is so important to see strong female figures on social media and everywhere in leadership, in the media, um, everywhere. We want. I, I feel so inspired by seeing other women trying to shatter those glass ceilings in their high heels, and you know, I think it inspires all of us to just see more and more of that. I want to see the women around me be very vocal and um, lift each other up and really support each other and for make sure. it like a whole new, yeah. So so I'm inspired by you, um, and I love that you're doing, I mean, you're doing so much as well with your practice and then doing this podcast and with four kids, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm going to have to get your tips at some point, too. <laughs> well, when you come to L.A., we definitely have to meet. I'm really interested in also this Association for Healthcare and Social Media, the goals that some of these younger people have put together, the residents like um, and the new graduates that have banded together to form this association to have, like, really, like, reputable, good, and solid knowledge base put out there by us healthcare professionals. I think that's such a huge, important project, and um, I think, you know, 
I would love to get involved with that too. I, I really feel a responsibility to make sure that we represent ourselves first as physicians and knowledge and intelligence and like, you know, true study, studied factual things that work. And secondly, as influencers for trends and behaviors and like putting out creative ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's my take on it, and I think that you got you are so fun because I love how you put out your fashion ideas and your sales, and like to, I'm always trying to swipe up on all the amazing things you shop for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how when do you have time to find all these bargains um, and really good shopping tips? <laughs> so thank oh my you gosh, for you're doing so that. sweet. So yeah. my whole take on this Instagram thing is I do not think of myself as an influencer at all. I'm literally just like your girl next door. And my take on it is if there's something that I learned or that I heard about or that I found that could be helpful to somebody else, I just share it. I don't overthink it too much. But, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily looking for deals. But if I find a good deal, I'm going to share it with you and with, with everyone else. <laughs> I love that. And I'm all about sharing the knowledge, too, for, like, if something makes you look good, if there's little tweaks you can do with your beauty or your Botox, a little bit of filler, I feel like women need to help each other. And, like, it's hard enough to be a woman, be a mom, be a wife, and be a career girl. Like, you just have to help each other to, you know, skincare tips, beauty tips, Botox. When you're in L.A., I'd love to treat you to your first Botox if you haven't already tried it. Um, oh. <laughs> are you someone who would ever do injectables or have you thought about that? You know, I have thought about it. Um, my husband is so funny. Like once I asked him about it, he's like, if you ever do any of that stuff, I will be so disappointed in you. And I was like, honey, you just watch like in five to 10 years, it's going to be totally normal. Like everybody's going to be doing it and it's not. Oh, it already is. <laughs> It already is yeah, totally no. normal. Everybody is doing it. And it's not, don't do it because everybody's doing it, but you do it because you want to preserve and maintain your beauty and your appearance is important to your confidence. And like, you know, when I don't dye my hair, I totally. feel like I'm all run down. So it's these little things. Oh, yeah. So first, first the husbands will tell you like, you don't need it. You're beautiful the way you are. And then second, they'll be like, okay, maybe I should try some because I'm getting headaches. And then that's, there you go. <laughs> then it's the husband and wife. Oh my husband. gosh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm all about, I think, um, aging gracefully, maintaining what you have, and just, like, you know, showing off, highlighting, like, your um, sort of highlights of your features and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past me necessarily, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, well, that's been it's been so fun chatting with you, and I know – you are coming back from a busy vacation in Hawaii, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you when you're in L.A. in June. So I want all of my Thanks. followers to go and check out um, Clear Skin Doc. Where else can people find you on, on the web? Do you have a website or just find you on Instagram? You know, I am just on Instagram right now. Um, I have, like, a private Twitter. I'm not super active on there. So I would say, yeah, Instagram is my main place where you can get in touch with me, Follow me, learn more about me, um, and it has my uh, contact information on there, my email address, so if anybody wants to get in touch, that's the best place. That's perfect, and um, keep inspiring all of us to bring together tech and medicine, and I can't wait to meet you when you come to L.A., and that's it for now, guys. Don't forget to check out Dr. Yakub at Clear Skin Doc, The Clear Skin Doc on Instagram, and stay beautiful. 
We'll, we'll talk to you soon. You can find me on my Instagram at Beauty by Dr. K, D-R-K-A-Y, and our website is the same, www.beautybydrk.com. Try my amazing skincare. I'll have to send you samples, Alia, so you can try them. Um, I have a really great line as yeah, well. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Stay beautiful.